By grace, you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What's up, in faith family? What's up, In Faith family? Welcome back to another episode of the In Faith podcast. We're excited to be here. My name is David. We also have Steve. Glad to be here. We also have my wife, Tiffany, here. Hello. We're excited to be here. It's uh, it's an amazing direction that God's moving this podcast into. Um, so much so that he's given us the platform of... Um, speaking upon topics uh, of the Bible. Now, I do um, still want to, if you're listening, promote this, the studies that we do have at the uh, Christian Writer Shop. We do have a Monday night men's study at 6.30 p.m. every Monday night. Um, Steve here leads the Wednesday night studies also at 6.30. Both uh, Bible studies are on Colfax and Knox in Denver. So if you're in the area, come check them out. It's an amazing time. Study the Word fellowship and um be fed we always have food we always seem to have food you know i've gained like 40 (laughs) 50 pounds since joining the ministry that's grace weight it it has to be grace (laughs) weight so i always i always pick a good number you know uh, uh, for for my weight and then i'm like the rest is tithe (laughs) right for sure. We're supposed to tithe 10% of everything. Why not my body fat too? Hmm. You know? I'll give up 10% of that for myself. I'm telling you. Yeah, so. Who's taking this? God. <laughs> We're giving it to God. We're giving all glory. All glory to God. Giving your best. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's talk about grace. And not so much just about grace, but something we all seem to have in common and that common ground being the struggle of grace but before we get into the struggle of grace we have to understand what grace is and why it's so amazing when it it's coming from god so before we get into the struggle of grace we have to realize what grace is and why it's so amazing when it comes from God. And I think one of the first reasons being that it's, it's so amazing because he can give, he can give it where we can't or where we look at ourselves and ask ourselves, man, if, if it were somebody else, would I have given the same grace God gave me? But why is God's grace so amazing? It's because by it, we have peace with God, right? And if we go to if we go to Romans 3:23, we see that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But when it says all have sinned, what is sin? And sin is pretty much any violation of God's law, right? And this sin separates us from God and in the Bible it says what we deserve 
or have earned for our sin is death. But here's where grace comes in. While, while we're sinners, Christ died for us. And you see, grace is a gift. It's getting something that we, we don't deserve, right? And according to the word of God, because of our sin, we deserve death, which separates us from God forever. But because of God's grace, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for, or to offer us the free gift of eternal life. It seems like we got two steps there. So our sin, actually, we deserve, like you said before, we deserve death for it, but we don't get death. So to start with, God shows mercy right. and us not receiving the punishment that we deserve for our actions. But then he goes way above and beyond. And not only does he not punish us, but he gives us a gift that only he could give us. He gives us that gift of salvation. He gives us, like you said before, a peace with God. Because in our natural states, we're actually enemies of God. We don't want to have anything to do with him. Right. But he first loved us and offered this grace to us, offered his love. And you know, at the start, you mentioned uh, about grace being something we have in common. Mm -hmm. And there's a uh, thought in Christianity, or just in general, that there is common grace, that God provides common grace for everyone. They don't, as, well, we'll look at Matthew 5:44. That's a good passage to look at there. It says, as, but I say to you, this is Jesus talking, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Doesn't sound like anything we could do on our own. Um, and then Jesus goes on to say, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So Jesus here kind of talks about two separate things there. He's talked the first bit about that, the ability to love your enemies, the ability to bless those who curse you. That's only going to happen through the grace of God, through the love that he gives us once mm -hmm. we accept Jesus as our savior. But the last bit that he's talking about is God shows everyone grace, such as when we first sin, we don't get wiped out. When we first harm somebody else, we don't get wiped out. We're allowed to continue living and not only do we continue to live, but God provides the sun to rise on us. God provides rain so that we can eat. God still provides for all of us. And I think that's a, we can almost look at the ways we serve people as Christians broken down between a common grace and a special grace, the grace that God gives for salvation. 
because we're called to, you know, feed the hungry, uh, give water to the thirsty, mm-hmm. visit people. Um, those types of things is common grace. We're to do those whether they show any sign of wanting to believe in Christ or not. We're to help our fellow man in that way. But then in the special grace is, you know, the part of the Great Commission where we're going to go out and make disciples for uh, all the earth. And we're going to tell them about Jesus and we're going to tell them about God's love. Do you think that common grace is something that generally can be taken advantage of? Meaning, meaning because you said that it's that, uh, it's kind of that pull to be there and help one another that doesn't fall necessarily into even being a believer. You know, even, even those who don't believe have that tug on their heart to go help somebody out, but it, it's, it's um, decided on who and in what case will they help someone out. It's not a go where God calls you kind of thing. It's, it's more of a, um, and, I, and I believe the calling is there always, whether you're a believer or not. It's, even if you're a non-believer, that pull on your heart, whether you recognize it or not, is God calling you to be there for someone or be there in a situation. But even if you are not recognizing it, you can more easily, I believe, turn that down. Unless it's um, somebody you know well, or um, just one day you felt like being generous kind of thing. And then there's that, that's that common, you know, grace of being called to be there for one another. But it's, it's, very um, pick and choose as opposed to and if I'm not going down the right right road let me know but as opposed to like when we're called you know and I even think when we're called it still falls under God's grace because we we shouldn't be out there <laughs> you know and I'm thinking of like when I'm when I'm thinking back we're all sinners but by God's grace we're saved if I look back at half of my sins, even I, I probably shouldn't be qualified to be out here serving people. You know what I mean? Well, I think we have to be, that's one of those things we're careful with. Um, and in my thinking, that's one of those things that the devil's whispering to us all the time as believers. I mean, look at you, what gives you the right to be you know, even talking about God, right? You know, look what you know. Look at that thought you had 12 minutes ago. Um, those those things come at us constantly, um, but we know because of God's grace and because He's justified us, and in one fell swoop, and that His Son paid for everything, paid for the sins of the entire world. That sin 12 minutes ago is paid for. Now, I don't want to sin. And the repentance of that is that we are turning away and we are trying not to mm-hmm. um, sin and asking forgiveness. But the grace is not a one-time thing. God's grace continues to cover us. 
And we hear things like with Paul and the thorn in the flesh that he had, that God's grace was sufficient for him. God's grace continues. God continues to show us grace as we go through sanctification, to use a big word, as we start becoming more like Christ. And that's God that's helping us become more like Christ and his love that makes us want to be more like Christ. So, yeah, grace is a giant topic um, that we're jumping into, but it's foundational. So I think it makes sense that we're covering it to to start with because it is so foundational that it's all God's grace that saves us has nothing to do with us Mm -hmm. and it is that classic definition of being unmerited favor undeserved favor from god that we're saved at all well and of course like you say the the enemy will try and use that against us but not necessarily is it a lie he'll try to keep you down with it but we already know we already know that it's not deserved that's what makes it grace is because it's not deserved and yet we were given it given it anyway. And so I think even in that case when he tries to use it against you, we deflect that by being thankful for it, by thanking God for it and not dwelling in it because that's where he'll try to keep you. You know, but I mean it's it's something we already know. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you have a point. We we don't deserve this, but by grace we were given it. So thank God, you know, because this isn't something anybody else could have done for us. And the, the amazing thing, too, is God's grace is effortless. Okay, so God's well, graciousness mm-hmm. is a characteristic of God. I mean, he is gracious. So it's in his character to be gracious towards us um so i guess in that manner like you're saying because it's his character could be considered effortless effortless yeah um and it's given to us as a gift we do no work um for this gift but it feels hard to us because of the system we've been in because of how we've lived and we actually have to die to self to, to be able to fully accept and appreciate the grace we've been given. So I think that's a good point. It feels, it's a gift, but it feels hard to accept. Somewhere in our messed up minds, we still want to earn right. our salvation, but we can't. I think that has a lot to do with it too. Because I was just about to ask, what makes what do you think makes it hard to accept? Uh, but I think you're right. I think you're right. It's it's one of those we feel we have to earn it. Yeah. We want to stand on our own two feet. I don't, you know, that's kind of an ego thing, I guess, but I don't want to have to thank anybody for that. I did it myself. <laughs> I can't. I didn't do it myself. I can't do it myself. Right, because it's something that it was given to us by jesus sacrificing his life for us so that's something that no one else could have done for us but him 
and that's why I don't know like I get that we're so undeserving of it but it's just the one thing that it's free to us we just have to receive it we have to accept it we have to declare it and not so much in in declaring grace or salvation it's declaring Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior right I think it just as Christians knowing that we are born into sin we already have that preconceived concept that we don't deserve it anyway right because we're born into sin so even though God's grace is limitless Jesus had to die for us and we never once deserved that well and I fought I used to fight back and forth on that too because I I would think you know why did Jesus have to die on the cross when God could have just forgiven sin right he could have just forgiven sin and and started the new testament and right. and used paul to preach that you know but then i started kind of getting into a study through different studies and um getting back into into the the bible for that answer and what i learned was there had to be a consequence of sin or that would make god's whole law unjust right and so basically there had to be a consequence now if god just said you know what it's okay i'm gonna forgive everybody um we're gonna start the new testament on this date i'm gonna use paul to preach it nothing happened nothing came of it then there there was no um consequence for all the sin on earth but instead of um, using anyone on earth as that sacrifice for sin, he sent his only son to die for those sins. Long story short, I mean, what it came out to was there had to be a consequence. There had to be an outcome for the wrongdoing. But by grace, instead of making us all pay for it, he sent his son to pay that price, to serve that sentence, to take the consequence to our actions. Yeah, and I think you've pointed out the uh, an important factor here. We talked about God being gracious as one of his characteristics. He's also just, and you have to have both of them. Um, I had a pastor before, the one that baptized me before I got baptized. He said he pictured it this way. He said he pictured each of us on a tightrope in our walk and we're holding the pole. On one end is grace and on the other end is truth. And you've got to keep those equal Mm. through your walk or you're going to fall one way or the other. If all you care about is truth, you're going to end up not loving people. Is all you care about is grace you're going to end up allowing people to do things that hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. So you got to have that perfect balance of both grace and truth, two things that, uh, that God is specifically, you know, such as Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. The only way we get into the way 
is, uh, you know, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You know what it reminds me of? Just to take a couple steps back here real quick. Um, and how we were talking about how we know we don't deserve the grace. So we feel that we have to earn it to deserve it. Like you have to do something extravagant enough to deserve it, to earn it. And it reminds me of Naaman. Mm -hmm. He was told to be healed just to go dip seven times in the Jordan. And he's sitting there probably thinking, you know, I've, I've conquered bigger wars than this, but I can't get over this, this disease. And you're telling me that if, if I go jump in this water, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be cured. And he says, <laughs> you know what? I'm out of here. And, and it, what was it? One of his servants that talked him back into going in. And uh, we got into a discussion uh, during that study that that's, his pride got in the way mm-hmm. because by simply dipping seven times in the Jordan, it wasn't hard enough to deserve being cured. He thought, oh, I have all this money. That's surely worth earning this cure. That's surely worth deserving this cure because I'm putting a big price on it. But that's not how he was cured and that's not how we receive grace. And I think that's why it typically is so hard for us to receive or understand. And even after receiving it, it's a battle to um, to give it. Yeah. Well, I think so the Pharisees um, with Jesus are the picture of those who don't want to receive grace and who do believe they've earned their own salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, where Jesus talked about, I didn't come to heal the healthy, I came to heal the sick. Of course, we know everyone, everyone. is sick, mm-hmm. but there are those who don't believe they're sick and they can't receive the grace because they don't think they need it mm-hmm. and they think they can earn it and they deserve it so and you also think of the the people that did follow Jesus without question were those on the edges of society the people that had been told by society that they're not right they're not good enough they don't deserve anything right. they could accept the grace because they already knew they needed help, so to say. And you know, David, you mentioned earlier about uh, grace being taken advantage of. And one of the uh, sermons I watched preparing for this, the, uh, the preacher was also a professor in college. And at the very first of the year, of course, he gives out that syllabus and says, you're only going to have three papers. One's going to be due September 30th. One's due October 30th. One's due September 30th. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You turn it in, and you'll get graded. If you don't turn it in that day, you get an F. September 30th comes, and there's 25 people out of the 250 that don't finish and beg him for more time. And he says, you know what? I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to give you more time. And he did. And they finished. Uh, and then October 
30th comes around and there's 50 people that didn't finish their paper and asked for more time. And he said, okay, I'll be gracious again. I'll give you some more time. November 30th, this was a true story. He said he told this story once and one of the students from that class was in the audience and stood up and vouched for it, but it was a true story. So November 30th comes around and you already know what's gonna happen. There was a full 100 students out of the 250 that didn't finish. And so by that time he says, okay. He says not only did they not finish, they came in with an attitude that they have nothing to worry about. They felt like, and this is a strange thing to think about, they felt like they deserved the grace that he had been showing. But of course, he starts asking, well, where's your paper? Well, I don't have it, but in a couple of days, I could have it finished. You know, and at that point he said, well, then you get an F. And of course, somebody stood up and said, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, okay, I understand what you're saying. You know, you should get what you deserve. Didn't you, you know, Franklin, you're the one that said that's not fair. Didn't you turn in the October 30 paper late? He goes, well, yeah, and you gave me three days and I finished. He's like, right. But it was late, so you get an F for that one also. I'll go back and uh, give you an F. And his point was, they didn't ever deserve the faith. So the grace that he was giving was never deserved and was never fair. Grace isn't fair. Grace is in our side. It's going the way we want it to go, but it's not fair. Right. And I think that's where I was going with along the lines of it being effortless of God to give grace because it's a part of his character and for us to have to receive it to learn how to give it. You know, just like mm -hmm. with anything else, we only know because God gave it to us first. Right. But for us to be able to do that, it does make us vulnerable because we know that by giving grace it may be taken advantage of but at the same time we fail to realize that god's grace is taken advantage of as well and yet he still gave it to us mm -hmm. you know so i think that's a big reason why we struggle so much with giving grace because we struggle with being vulnerable in any circumstance right in any circumstance not just with grace but with um even telling our story yeah. Or being vulnerable to um, helping somebody out or having to be vulnerable to open up about anything. It's just something we as people, I think, tend to try and stray away from is being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And by giving the same grace God gave us, we try to, I don't want to say purposely stray from, but it kind of triggers that, that, uh, that thing in our mind that's like, uh-oh, if I, if I give this grace, they're just going to do it to me again. But yet, God's given us grace. Like you said, it's not a one-time thing. It's continuous. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure, 
we may get taken advantage of. But right. we weren't called to be that judge. We weren't called to make that judgment to say, okay, you, you, you I gave you grace and you, you took advantage of it. I'm not going to give grace again. Plus, who fights for us? Jesus. Exactly. Well, again, I think the, for me, what I think about it is, I think of grace as a gift, right? Like every day we can be thankful for that gift. It's our birthday. We're more than likely to be like, thank you for anything or everything that someone gets us. So if we think that daily, we wake up every day, it's our birthday, we're given that grace as a gift, we're accepting of it because, you know, God loves us just like one of our, our spouse or one of our family members. They love us so much that they give us this gift. We accept it and we say thank you. And in a broader spectrum of it, that's how I want to think of it. Every day God gave me this gift. And if he's going to give it to me, he's going to give it to you. He's going to give it to everyone. We should be able to do the same for everyone else because we love them. It's their birthday. We give them that gift as well. Well, and the cool thing is we can see it like that because what are we to do every day? Die to self. Mm. So when God gives us another day every night, and here's how I perceive it, and I'm sure many others do too, but this is, I can only speak for kind of how I see it or how I perceive it. When we're told to die to ourselves daily, I picture that as every night when I go to sleep, right? And then when I wake up, I'm being born again. You know, so it's like I, I died to my old self. I died to yesterday's self last night. And then God brought me back up this morning, gave me another day as a new creation. So you can literally see every day as if it was your birthday given by God. Well, I know every day, like every morning when I wake up, first thing I do is thank God for another day. I may not live throughout the whole day, but thank you for waking me up, you mm -hmm. know, because every day is a gift. So he's given us all these little gifts every day. Well, I say little, but they're not little. And I think the more that we learn about Christ, the more we become Christ-like, mm -hmm. we should be able to think at the same concept of what God is trying to conform us to be. We need to be more like him. We need to be more graceful. We need to be more forgiving, um, live more graciously, um, be more giving, and just live the way that that Jesus lived, ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. And walk in those footsteps and just live as much as we can like he lived for us and he gave his life for us. We should be able to sacrifice ourselves not only to ourselves, but to the mission, to everyone, the way that he did for us. Well, and that's why we can't just speak about God's grace or only accept it. If we only accepted God's grace and then went and told everybody about how God gave us grace, but we didn't show it, we're just telling a story, right? But with that acceptance of God's grace, we have to accept and let him in to soften our hearts to be able right, to go that's out the and key. show that, you mm -hmm. know? We have to accept it. That's the key. 
Right. I mean, and, and the reason I say that is because for me, I can accept something and keep it. But I think I that's accept- the great thing about grace, right? Because he gives it to us no matter what. But that acceptance of it, mm-hmm. that... It's offered no yes. matter what. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I can accept a gift and do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. But if I were to accept that gift that God's given us and then say, okay, Lord, I've accepted this gift. Now soften my heart so I can do what, you, what, what you've called me to do with this gift is, I think, a big key. Right. And I, th- I think that just, it, it, you're right. It's accepting it. And I just wanted to go into what that acceptance entailed. It wasn't just a, you know accepting it and putting it in your pocket and then going around saying, "Hey, right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm forgiven. God <laughs> give me grace. I don't know about you, but God's given me grace. I got it right here." You know, it's like, "Okay, that, that yeah, God." Sounds like the guy with one talent. Yeah. <laughs> or the uh the one that was praying, thanking God he wasn't the tax right. collector. When I like the word Tiffany used, mission. Yeah. And we are on a mission. And I think this is hard for me. I don't get there. But our whole lives are part of the mission that Jesus has put us on. Right. It's not just I'm doing ministry on Thursday night. Our whole lives are to be lived missional in what Jesus is calling us to do. And that includes, of course, giving grace when we need to give grace, showing God's love when we need to show God's love, raising our kids in the way that God has has shown us uh, to raise our kids and, uh, you know, helping others like we see, those that are down. Well, yeah, sometimes, I mean, just walking out the front door, you know, you're driving, letting that person over, so just being, you know, gracious. Um... I mean, he can use us in everything, in our jobs. I know I've been challenged many times in what I do. Um, But just ultimately, I mean, as soon as I walk in those doors too, you know, I'm like, God, thank you for this job. Use me the way you see fit, however it may be. It may be challenging. I mean, last night I was kind of sitting on a patient. I'm not going to give too much information, but they were um, a psych patient. And many times I've been there, other people, you know, would think that he'd abuse the system. Um, He was just seeking attention, those kind of things. But I sat there with him for four hours and listened to his story, listened to his struggles, and even working, talking to God, talking about God to him and just listening to him. And sometimes that's just what people need. But every day I'm like, God, just use me to do what you wish. If that's the mission that I need to reach out to this young man and bring him closer to you, if I need to let this person over so that it avoids an accident or whatever you need me to do, that's what I want to do. Get, you know, show them that grace that you've shown me mm-hmm. and just live that out in every which way that I can every day. And just when you're talking about the patient, what came to mind for me in this setting (laughs) so hopefully it comes to mind for me when it should 
But all I could think was, but for the grace of God, I could be that same guy. Oh, yeah. That could be me. Totally. Whatever circumstances, you know, have happened to him, whatever he's had to go through, whatever he's facing, can't face, can't deal with, um, that could be me as well. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I can totally empathize because I've been there before, you know. Before I really was walking with Christ, I've always known Christ. But, you know, they always say you're an emotional teenager, you're all in your feelings. I mean, I used to feel that type of way when I was younger. I struggle with mental health as an adult. I've, as a kid, I was suicidal, I would say. I would think about stuff like that, but I'd never act on it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that I needed attention or anything like that. It was more or less that I just struggled with my purpose. I didn't know what it was, and I still don't know fully what it was, but the more that I read the Bible, the more that I walk with Christ, the more that I see that my purpose is for whatever he needs me for in that moment. Mm -hmm. And however it may be, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes he pushes us out of our comfort zone. But no matter what it is, I just want to do it for the glory of him. Yeah. I think we've seen that too, that there's often a general hopelessness that keeps people from thinking, if this is all it is, is life worth it? Right. Or they don't know Christ. Right. When you don't know Mm -hmm. Christ, because Christ, like you've said, does give us purpose. Um, He does give us hope. He is our hope. And, And that gives us meaning in life because the things that we're taught are meaningful for me anyway after i was doing them for a while i was like what's the meaning and purpose in all of this that that i'm doing what's the meaning and purpose of you know shoving papers across my desk and getting other people to look at this and telling someone if this is right or wrong and you know whatever all the business was of it and it just didn't feel like it had any purpose. How am I helping somebody? How is this bettering mankind? You know, those types of things. I think, like you were saying earlier, David, that stuff is ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. That there should be, we should be helping. We should be making things better. But without God, we have no direction or purpose or understanding how to do that. Yeah, without God, we don't have anything. I know without yeah. God, I wouldn't even have the strength to do half of the things that I do. Well, and I think that's one of the biggest things to accept when we do find God is to accept His grace. I think that's one of the first things that we need to realize and receive mm-hmm. or else we can't go any further. We're going to struggle to go any further if we don't accept that because we are going to battle that. Mm-hmm. Um meaning of purpose because we're going to be so caught up in our past we're going to be so caught up in our mistakes we're going to be so caught up in what we think we're unequipped or unworthy of but by accepting god's grace and understanding that it's it's limitless to us that he gave it to us out of love for us and because it's a part of his character, and then to be able to truly receive that. Yeah, and I think that piece as you were 
talking. And I'm losing it. <laughs> You're the ability for us to accept God's grace feels like to me is that we need to keep our concentration on Christ. Mm -hmm. If we're looking to Christ, we're accepting that grace. If we get off track and start looking inside, start looking at our past, um, you know, like Jesus says, anybody that's got a plow and is looking back is no good for anything. You know, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and not fall to that temptation of looking back to self and thinking I could help pay for this a little bit by well, being and I better. think it's important to understand that our past failures don't mean that we aren't going to get that grace or we can't accept that grace that God it giving us that grace is his way of treating us as we've never sinned Mm-hmm. that the purpose for those past failures is not shame but to overcome some of the hardest hearts that believe you know I don't deserve this and to meet us exactly where we are and not leave us there to pick us up and without any requirements just have us recognize that we need his grace we need to be to live correctly to live christ-like and we will receive it when when we receive that and he embeds that into us because i mean it's it's true we're, we're not going to be the same person or even think the same way once we receive christ into our hearts he's going to begin to work on things that we didn't even know we were capable of by softening that heart starting with his grace and his love and compassion for us and that begins to change the direction of how we perceive things in our daily life and we can't with with receiving that we can't see that as a weakness and i think that's what we fight with so much is seeing grace as a weakness instead of embracing that again because we have to become vulnerable but we see forgiveness as a weakness or even kindness, you know, and, and we hear it all the time. Don't mistake my kindness for weakness, but it, being, being in that state of perceived weakness is actually a strength, right? Right. It's a strength that God gives us to be able to pass that on because we can't just, again, we can't just talk about it and say hey look at the grace God gave me and then not show it in order to prove and this is this is kind of what my understanding was you know when I when I came to Christ it wasn't because of something I heard it wasn't a testimony I heard it was what I got to see I got to see people living this out Mm -hmm. and it kind of opened my heart to want to chase that where you know where did where did this come from God where did this come from god okay if this is how you used to be when did you start seeing things differently and how can i god so that kind of allowed me i was gonna say kind of like forced me to turn but it allowed me to dive deeper Mm -hmm. into what god can do for me but i do got to tell you something I, i i gotta share this real quick because 
it's we we talk about accepting that grace being kind of one of the first things we receive and for that it's the first thing we learn from god i i I struggled with even the acceptance of grace for many years and i think man i've been let's see i've been a believer since when when did i it's six seven years we officially got baptized as a family January 18 to 2017. Okay. And a, a lot of what I preach is is the day I gave my life to God is not the same day I started walking with God. And that's because there is a difference between acceptance and receiving. You know, and I didn't really start. So out of that seven, eight six years, years, six years... Out of that six years, I didn't start really accepting God's grace until maybe a year or two ago. Right? I shouldn't say accepting, I should say understanding. Understanding God's grace up until just recently. And a lot of that had to do with me. And it's like, yeah, I, I know I've been forgiven along with my salvation but I kept questioning it. I, uh, I I would get to certain places in life and say, oh, my, my road for this chapter ends here mm-hmm. because of my past. And time and time again, God has shown me his grace by showing in real time, in real life, that he's forgiven me for that. There, there's been, I mean shoot we all have in the ministry we all have kind of these amazing testimonies of god's grace when he's proven that we've been forgiven by bringing us into places that we shouldn't be in on paper getting into places that on paper we should be denied access to and yet, time and time again, God continues to open that gate and allow us in because we've been forgiven. I mean, we can even go back to what um, we can get into and use as a as a reference the prison ministry. You know, going up to the prison ministry, I, I as that door was opened and that opportunity was was put on our table there was a lot of chatter you know from a lot of the our members and back and forth and i don't i'll try i'll fill out the paperwork i'll let them run the background i'll 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 do everything i gotta do but i'm probably not gonna be able to go and not a single member who filled out that paperwork was denied they were gained entry the gates opened and i feel that in that instance, God showed how real his grace and forgiveness is. And he's done the same for me in many other occasions. Well, I feel like for some, that was probably where the challenge began. It wasn't so much filling out that paperwork and seeing if they could get in. It was facing the fact that they were in from the outside. Going and being put back in that 
lifestyle that they tried and worked so hard to get out of that's where the challenge was was going in there from the outside and kind of working from the outside in Mm -hmm. and I was just thinking about you know bringing it back to scripture my favorite story is the woman in the well you know in John chapter 4 it resonates with me a lot ultimately God just meeting her where she was at and offering her something that would change her life forever yeah well the story in this to me I see that and and Jesus is the first person to see her everyone else is seeing what's happened to her or what she was a part of or anything but he saw her just like he sees each one of us and each one of us have had things happen to us each one of us have had things that we've done uh, to other people yet he sees us knows us knows everything about us and gives that grace gives us the ability to know him gives us the ability to love the way he loves and gives us the ability to feel his love because I think something you were saying earlier, Tiffany, is something that's hard for people um, in accepting grace and feeling like they don't deserve it. Because we've done things that we can't fix. Right. We've hurt people that we can't go back and make it right. So not only are we accepting this grace for ourselves, but we're accepting god's grace that he's able to heal and fix sort of all the mess that we've made that we can't go back and heal and fix right and i think my interpretation of her story you know she has many husbands living with another man um i just think of the society that we live in today you know she was living in the world and many people don't just have one partner or they have open relationships or they're not married and they've had you know many partners and i think that's why that story really stuck out to me because you know we've all come from somewhere like you were saying you know we've all we all have our pasts we all have these things and we think that we're you know we're not we're dirty. We're not clean, as clean. Like we're not pure. We're not we saved ourselves for our husbands or our wives. You know, we've been around, have multiple um, children with different, you know, baby daddies, baby mamas, and we just think that we're not deserving of that grace that God gives us. You know that maybe we're searching for love in all the wrong places, mm-hmm. and we really just need to search for God's love, God's grace, and you know really ultimately the love of Christ because you know there's nothing more meaningful to me than knowing that he gave his life for me and I think a lot of people you know yeah Jesus died for us you know some people can downplay it it's nothing to be downplayed you know that's the ultimate love and nobody but him could do that for you well and i think you brought well you brought out one of the keys in our walk you know we're searching for 
all of our needs in the wrong places. We're searching for love in the wrong places, the forgiveness in the wrong places, compassion in the wrong places, and acceptance in the wrong places when all we really need to do is search in God and let him provide the rest. And you know, David, we're also looking for strength. Amen. In the wrong places earlier when you were talking about... Brother, that's why I don't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for strength in those pecan tarts. Yes. I got a whole gym down here. I don't use it because I don't want to look for strength in the wrong places. Amen. (laughs) That's all the right places. (laughs) You were... uh, you were talking earlier um, about don't mistake my grace for weakness. Mm. Yet, when Paul was asking for that thorn to be taken from his flesh, you know, then Jesus said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So it may be that we are weak, but the strength of grace is the strength of God. And it's something that we all need. Our weakness shows God's strength, our abilities to do things that we shouldn't be able to do um, you know Paul being able to tell of the love of God and and of Jesus dying for their sins when he used to be the one arresting them um, is something that doesn't seem like he should be able to do um, so it is that odd piece of we are weak in ourselves but God is shown as strong And I think we perceive weakness as a bad thing. Yeah. When in reality, if we look back, if you look back at every time you tried to show how strong, fleshly, you really were, what came of it? Damage, pain, hurt, bad situations, you know, it's, it's, and, and that's why I think, you know, we need to seek the softening of our hearts which to put it into perspective a worldly perspective yeah makes us weak but trying to prove we're not on our own where did that lead us you see we we want to we want to be soft for god so that he can soften our hearts and he can make us new but if we perceive soft in the world as weak we're going to go in the opposite direction trying to prove that we have our own strength when in reality we're only as strong as we allow god to strengthen us if we don't allow if we only allow god to strengthen us a little bit then that's what's going to determine how in quote weak we really are see we want to be strong in christ not strong in the world we want to be strong in the heart, not strong in the flesh. Because when we lean on our own strength, we cause damage to ourselves, to the people around us, to our walks. 
so we can't perceive weakness as a bad thing we can't perceive being soft as a bad thing because the softer we allow god to make us the stronger we allow him to make us the more strength that we open ourselves up to give for him to give us right and the strength of god is far more powerful than the strength that we can rely on in this world and the strength he's giving us is say the strength to stand say the strength to allow god to defend you and not defend yourself right so that can certainly be seen as weakness yet i think the strength it takes to not defend yourself um certainly hard for me <laughs> my mouth wants to open immediately but there are times where god wants us to rely on him to defend us only and i think we have to discern those times the strongest thing we can do is just sit back and let him let him work on things that we know that if we put our hands in we would probably damage more so grace does continue it's in, to think about when we first accept the grace that god is giving us we do receive something immediately immediately we are justified in christ immediately we are forgiven immediately we are a son or a daughter of god so grace does give us that immediately but like you're saying it doesn't stop grace seems like it's infused a part of god's love so that love that he's pouring out into us like the streams of living water from the woman at the well it's gonna flow through us so not only then are we able to uh, love people better part of that loving people better is giving that grace being able to love people means being able to forgive people being able to love people means being able to give them things they don't deserve um i'll throw in a uh example of grace that uh a pastor pastor harold at uh new hope said once that uh, grace is like the kid who uh throws a ball and breaks a window and he comes home and he goes, Dad, I messed up. You know, I broke the neighbor's window. Um, you know, what What are we going to have to do? Well, if the, if the dad says, you know what, son, I know you didn't mean to. You just, you know, you just apologize for doing it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to, you know, pay for the cost of, of the neighbor's window. So that's mercy. The dad steps in and says, I'll foot the bill. And he says, and you know what? I'm going to take you for ice cream right now. And that's grace on top of it. So not only did the kid not get punished, not have to pay for the window, the kid gets ice cream on top of it. And to me, I, I liked that analogy, just thinking of in this world, 
we get condemnation in this world. We get all kinds of uh, problems thrown at us. But God gives us ice cream. And he's offered each one of us that ice cream. And I think it's just, <laughs> it's too good not to take if we can just see it right. If we can just see grace and the forgiveness he's given us as ice cream, then we're on our way. Well, and that just reminds me too, the acceptance is what allows us to see. Because without accepting that and knowing and understanding God's grace, what would we do without God to get that again? I got ice cream last time I broke a window. You know, let's break another one. But with God, we understand that that grace was undeserved and we tend to cherish that a little more as opposed to um, doing it again thinking we're going to receive the same receive the the same same, benefit yeah receive the same benefit and of course paul deals with that right we tend to learn from that mistake and say you know what i should not have received ice cream for that yet you gave it to me anyway i shouldn't go back there right right and paul basically says so should we send more so we can get a whole lot more ice cream? And he says, absolutely not. Because that's not, if we've accepted Jesus as our Savior and the everything he's offered, we no longer think that way. We no longer want to sin. We now see sin as an affront to God. We don't want to sin against someone we love. If you love Christ, you will not want to sin against him to benefit yourself, so to say. So we're not even going to think that way. So in, in Paul's addressing of it, he's actually saying you're not even there. If, if what you're thinking is, oh, I can just get all the grace I want, uh, then you're you haven't really accepted the first grace to begin with. You haven't really accepted where you are and you haven't done any dying to self. Right. I've noticed that a lot of, you know, unfollowers or questioners, I guess that's not a word, but people that question God and his grace and his mercy, well, I can sin all I want and he'll still forgive me. That's not, it's a loaded kind of question, right? Because that's not how it works. I don't know. Well, you know, piggyback off of that. Yeah, there will be. See, that's the thing is, I think we kind of touched on it at the beginning of this episode is even for Jesus to have to come die for our sins, there had to be justice for our sins, right? Or else that would make God unjust you know that would say okay it's okay to sin because God will forgive without any consequence well Jesus sacrificed that consequence for us but when we talk about grace and how we do get 
grace and forgiveness in abundance you know way more than um we probably should and for that it it does that the mindset of it tends to be taken advantage of but i think the you know the way i i see it is there there will be and we're told in the bible there will be a day of judgment and but, until then yeah god's going to offer that grace and offer that forgiveness until that day comes here's where it becomes frightening to me because i i was that uh person questioning grace i was that person saying well if god's gonna forgive me then why why go through all this until i absolutely need to if i'm gonna be forgiven of all my sins why not rack them up first live how i want to first and then when it's time i'll uh i'll cash in my coin of forgiveness back when steve said it's not a one-time thing okay that entails that we don't have to live a life of rebellion to cash in our one free token of grace but the scary part of that mindset is we're not promised tomorrow so how can we guarantee we're gonna have the opportunity to ask for forgiveness and repentance and accept God into our hearts that's what that realization of that reality hit me very hard that we are not promised tomorrow that tomorrow is a gift every breath we take is a gift I mean shoot we're not promised tomorrow but let's say we wake up thank you God for another day we may not make it through that day so we can't guarantee that we're gonna have the opportunity to come to Christ on our time well that's the main piece none of it is on our time none of it is in our control and yet we manage to convince ourselves sometimes that we do have some sort of control over these things so yeah that's definitely right yeah that one hit hit hard <laughs> to go talk about that one again it's like man that's what god showed me well it's interesting because you know you covered most of this but with tiffany's questioner <laughs> uh, they know that we say jesus has already his dying on the cross already took care of every sin past present future already done Mm -hmm. It's already done right now. Amen. Um, so yeah, then that mindset of, well, they're already taken care of. Why don't I just go on? But there's also consequences here. You know, we know sin is only fun for a season. Uh, then there's almost always consequences from that to pay for. We know that long before we know Christ. We've seen the consequences of our sin and yet some odd way we want to sin more to make ourselves feel better about our past sins but jesus breaks us out of that cycle he gives us eyes to see how he's the only way only what he's offering us will break us out of that cycle of sin and repeating sin to try to make ourselves feel better about it. Christ gives us eyes to see 
that he is the way and the truth and the life and he will give you a resurrected life now a life that you can live in him a life that you can live for him and a life that you'll know has purpose and meaning and that's a life that can bring you peace even if you're not comfortable you can have that peace in christ amen amen let's conclude in prayer so heavenly father we just thank you for this this time lord this this fellowship and this conversation about your grace lord as we as we conclude this episode I pray that uh, you continue to show us how to embrace your grace as a, a transformative journey of faith, Lord. And I pray that this podcast and this episode serves as a gateway for uh, self-reflection and inspires us to navigate uh, your grace with a renewed hope. And not only a new, uh, renewed hope, Lord, but um, to navigate it with resilience and a deeper understanding of your unconditional love. And I just thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So join us next week as we continue um, our fellowship. If you're listening to this now and, and you just, uh, you, you're deciding that today's the day that I, I'm done with my old ways and I just, I just want to receive Christ in my life, I just want you to, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, just bow your heads and, and repeat this after me and just pray this prayer. Uh, Dear God, I come before you today with a humble heart and surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus was born free of sin and died on the cross as payment for my sins and rose again. I believe that your gift of salvation and eternal life because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And God, today, I repent and turn away from my old ways of life. Because of your mercy and grace, I can have childlike faith. And today, I ask for new life through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for giving me and making me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for joining, and we will see you again next week. God bless.